This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to War Games Wednesday. I am excited to uh, welcome everybody here today, but I'm really thrilled to be uh, dropping in a buddy of mine, Mr. Tim Kintz. And let me grab Netta real quick, bring her up on the screen. She's here. And then I have Tim that's in here, too. So I want to say welcome to everybody that's on the screen. Let me try to make this a little bit bigger. That looks better for all of us. Tim's got a much better studio because I am in dealership today. And training. So uh, I want to say, Tim, thanks so much for coming on board. Tim and I have known each other since, I know it's going to date ourselves, back in 2008, right? We used to work together. Getting <laughs> old. Both of us have gone uh, gone our ways in the automotive space, which I think is fantastic. We are together again. And so uh, it, it is a wonderful thing for me. I got uh, people... Tim, my question to you, as we go through this, do you want me to interrupt you at all with people's questions? Do you want us to go back? Because I plan on talking to you and uh, bringing up some stuff because I'm really excited about what you have uh, accomplished recently. And I got a list of questions I'm going to ask you about when it comes to uh, being that guy. Interrupt away. I'd rather interrupt and get the questions as they uh, pertain than uh, try to circle back later. After the uh, thoughts have passed, <laughs> fantastic. You know, it's, the older we get, you know, I gotta. I'm not gonna remember what the what the uh, thought pattern was. So I can remember what I did when I was three, but I can't remember why I'm in the kitchen. I I feel that every single time. Now, do I don't have to talk slower at all just because you're in Texas, right? That's only Mike C. No, I'm not from Texas. I just got here as quick. I just got here as quick as I could. So. And I'm from all over Missouri, Alaska, California, a little bit everywhere. So fantastic. So what I want to bring up too from you, uh, Yesenia says hello or hola from her side of it. So Tim is a, he's known all over for being an automotive trainer. He's the owner of the, the Kent's group. Um, now on the phone with the dealership, but uh, he, <laughs> 
become an Amazon bestseller. He's got a couple books out. What I'm really excited about is the most recent book that he came out. I own both of them. I love them. They're great. On here, I, want to pick your brain. I also want to pick your brain about where automotive is going, where sales are going as a whole. Because when you look at what we do, right, it's actually in our tip as well. So we, we are facing a change in automotive, change in business for everyone. And so I know you are out and we hear from the automotive space. Grab people from outside, bring them into your location to do face-to-face -face right? Right. So when you look at this, my question to you, I'm going to throw out there first, is say, what is it we have to do to stay up with the times? What is it that we got to look at and say, this is now different because of the fact that our interaction face-to-face -face is less and less? Do you feel that or... Yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of things we got to be willing to embrace, right? Digital communication is huge. Uh, our ability to, to be able to kind of be a chameleon to how our customer wants to communicate, right? Some people want to be face to face. Some people want, want to do it via Zoom or Skype, FaceTime. Uh, some people are email, text, direct messaging. I have to be good in all areas of communication in today's world, not just face-to-face -face and or phone. So I think I think the demand on a salesperson, I don't care if you're in real estate, selling cars, whatever it is, the demand on your ability to communicate both digitally and face-to-face -face is probably greater than it's ever been because you know as well as I do and every industry knows this, that the pandemic fast-forwarded. It was forced evolution for all of us uh, when it comes to communication and the experience that we're going to be able to deliver, right? It's not just saying we're different. Now we have to be unique. Now we have to be different. And I think relevance for all of us in any industry is, I always go to Wayne Gretzky's famous quote that he said that good players skate to where the puck is, great players skate to where the puck's going to be. I think as pros in any industry, we need to be looking at where are we going I don't want to just be playing follow the leader because I'm always going to be behind. How can I see where the puck's going to be, be prepared for it while being the best I can where the puck is right now? Fantastic. Now, my specialty, I do, like Mike, who's in your office, have that face for radio, right? And so it helps yeah. me. I love the virtual prospects and converting them to actually come in. Where do we see as far as most of the world today, how is it that the, the website has to, how is it that, right, how we reach out to people, what is it that we need to focus on as, a, as an industry? I'm not talking automotive, I'm talking just, what is it that we're going to accomplish when it comes to the fact that now digital storefront, which is all the website, now yeah. true is the digital storefront that we're Absolutely. trying to so. Well, I think I always talk about there's four knockout rounds in today's world. We had one knockout round in the past. Knockout round number one in today's world is your showroom. It's your online uh, showroom, your store. Is it easy to navigate? Is it up to date? Is it is it customer friendly? Does it bring the product to me or do I have to dig and search for the product? But either way, either it's going to be 
friendly, easy to navigate, up-to-date, relevant, and I'm going to move to round two, or you're going to be eliminated. It's just an elimination round. If, if you move into elimination round two, that's when that customer sends an inquiry, right? They they fill out a contact form. They reach out to to based on any of your call to actions that you have set. And really, that comes down to your ability, how fast you, you respond to people, how unique you are, how, how, do you, how do you create separation, differentiate yourself from every other, every other store, every other salesperson that they're reaching out to? You know, Joe, as well as I do in our business, that more dealerships than not use canned templates that came with their CRM that they got when they signed up 12 years ago. And it's the same thing. When the pandemic hit, I did a bunch of secret shops and sent out inquiries to dealerships. And hell, I couldn't tell the difference between what dealership was responding because if they were in Vent Solutions, it was the same template from every store. If they were in dealer socket, it was the same template. And, and hell, most of them hadn't even updated their hours. They weren't even open because they were all closed with a pandemic and they still said they were open from nine to nine. So it's how fast are we getting back to them? How unique? I think video is king, personalized organic video on that initial reach out to people to create that separation. And if you make it to round three, that is your actual digital communication. When you start the, the conversation, whether it's digitally or verbally or face-to-face, how effective are you at closing on the appointment, on the product, whatever you're actually selling? And round four, man, that's never changed. That's face-to-face. That's once you're you're belly-to-belly with them, how good are you at closing them once they show up? But, man, I think we got to look at, at all four rounds, elimination rounds in today's world. I, I agree completely. And one of the things that I see, like, for example, um, I just had a – Somebody reached out to me from a store group and said, "Can you mystery all my dealerships? Can you can you go out there and do this mystery shop so that I know what they're doing on the phones?" And then they asked what I thought was was different today, which is they said, "Can you do face to face mystery shops?" Right? And I looked at that and was like, "Wow, okay, so somebody is actually looking forward." based off of everything you just said, right? Your four different rounds, somebody's actually looking at round number four, which mystery shop, somebody, you know, a lot of retail giants do that, but in automotive, how rare it is. And I also look at say, would it help in the real estate world? Would it help in mortgage? Would it help with somebody? If we had mystery shoppers actually prove to us what our process looks like. And so for no, that absolutely. group, when I, when I look at that group, I'm like, okay, and this is where I think your strength is in everything I know about you is leadership. I look and say the leadership said, I want to check every so that I don't miss any, right? So, yeah. me, so, wow, that's a great leader. So what does, what does great leadership look like to you? And if you could say it in simple words for me, that would be great. So. Fearless. Fearless. Visionary. Um, adaptable and and present. Okay. It, it's they're fearless, meaning they're not afraid to go for it, 
right? Like I talked about where the puck's going to be. And they're not, they're not afraid. To, they don't give you the, well, that's just not how we do it. Well, that's not how it's always been, bullcrap. And, you know, the, I guess the good news with the pandemic as far as a lot of it's not how we do it mindset, that went away because we were in survival mode. And there's a whole lot of, we don't do home deliveries. They need to come to the dealership. Uh, you know, my wife's in real estate. There was a whole lot of adapting and adjusting that had to be done to be able to sell houses because the demand was still there. But you have to be fearless. You have to, you have to be able to put a plan together, be willing to adapt and adjust. Realize every plan you put together, you know, Tyson's famous quote saying is everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You have to be willing to make a change, adapt and adjust on it. And you have to be present for your people if you're a leader and not just put something in place and say, go do it and disappear like happens so often. Seagull management, right? You never see them. And every now and then they fly in, squawk, make a lot of noise, dump on you and then fly out. Um, you have to, but you also can't be the, you know, the helicopter manager that doesn't give any room to their people to let them be creative, right? We squash the creativity right out of our people and wonder why they're not, they're not willing to do something new, right? We're the culture setters in a dealership, whatever that culture is. Yeah. I was going to say, and that goes good and bad. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I have several clients where I have the manager that almost the who likes to take all of the stuff them and i've seen this in multiple industries even like chiropractic offices so i have clients there that because they have to get people from the phone into the chair and i've seen them where the answer is i'll do it myself right i'll do it yeah. myself to letting somebody do their job so you stepped on their ability to do their job you took it upon yourself and now you are not in any that you yeah. can so, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself mindset, right? right? And and that's good to a point, but you're not a leader, you're a doer. And you're never going to grow. It's, you know, I had a dealership I, I was going into that they had two really good young piss and vinegar managers that, man, these guys were on the floor and, and they were kicking ass. They were doing pretty good. The problem is they capped out at about 90 cars a month because they had eight salespeople. But in real life, when I went there, I said, look, Gator and Tim, you guys don't have eight salespeople. You have two salespeople with eight assistants because the managers were the ones doing everything, doing all the selling, all the closing, everything. And the salespeople were basically their delivery coordinators. And it's, it's being willing to teach people how to do their job, coach them as they're developing the skills, and then be there as support. And there's, I think the hard thing for any manager, any leader in any industry now is we got so much stuff on our plates with emails and all the digital, all the requirements that we have. Internet didn't make it easier on us. We're worse managers in today's world than we were 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we didn't have, we didn't have our cell phones as distractions and the internet. And when, when service shut down, we spent time with our people because there was nothing else to do. At least we were hanging out and throwing footballs and doing something. So we knew our salespeople. And now, man, it's head down and look up when there's a car deal to be negotiated or 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 a heat case that we got to deal with. But other than that, there's very little interaction, very little being present all the time. Fantastic. And I and I agree because I see it a lot. 
all have plastic barriers in the People's Republic of California. And so now, <laughs> and we're separated from separated from our team as well. And we've got barriers that are plastic, but still, it's another reason for me to keep my head down in the sand and not look at the employee yep. coming up, right? And me being yeah. in training, I walk in, like, where's the manager? Oh, I can see his head barely above the partition. That's the wall, though. So, and what I think, but I think a lot of what we need to focus on is leadership. When I look at leadership, right, you are the example of somebody who leads with conviction, somebody who leads with empathy, somebody who's your team, and I know a lot of team, right? Your team loves to work for you, but you don't give them slack, right? So there has to be something that from you where you could then lean on them to get more out of because it's almost like you you surround yourself with people that are saying, push me, Tim, push yeah. me to the next level. So how does it get to the point where you can push people without it being you complaining or nagging or getting to that point? You have to earn it. Okay. You have to earn the right to be able to do that. I, I talk about in, in Fearless uh, that you have to build your emotional bank account with your people. Right. Meaning I have to I have to make I have to make positive deposits. I have to catch him doing good things. I need to have public recognition for my people. I need to make all those deposits throughout the course of a day, a week, a month into their emotional bank account. Because then when I need to lock the heels, when I need to hold them accountable, when I need to have straight talk about something now, now I have enough in my emotional bank account or their emotional bank account that I can make withdrawals. Unfortunately, so often we're overdrawn. We make withdrawals, but we don't make those deposits into the emotional bank account. And, you know, great coaches, they know how to motivate everybody. Some people, look, everybody's different. I hate hearing this whole millennials aren't motivated by money. They're lazy. They're all this bull crap. Man, I don't, I'm so sick of hearing that. I started in a car business in 1990. And there was guys selling that were 50 years old then, and they were lazy asses. They weren't driven by money. You couldn't get them to do follow-up. They didn't want to get better. And that was 30 years ago, 30-plus years ago. It, and that's the same stuff we bitch about now with young people. No, there's, there's badass millennials. There's badass Navy SEALs that are millennials, great athletes. It's finding the right people and then developing the leader and winner within each one of them, man. They're, you don't you – don't, Go out and recruit a great team. You recruit great people and turn them into great salespeople. That's you, I'm going through that right now with my son playing select baseball. It's we're, we're looking for that great player, and I keep telling coach, we don't find the great player. We develop the players. Don't complain and bitch that you don't have good players. You have good people. Now it's our job to develop what's within them. They're not all going to be superstars, but how do I get the most out of each person? I always tell managers, you want to make a difference with your team? Stop managing your department and start managing the individuals within your department. That's when you're going to really make a difference. We look at that big number all the time. We see the big number. We got to hit 200 cars. We need to sell X number of product. No, little Johnny's got to sell 12. Susie's got to sell 22. When, when we can hit those numbers, the big numbers take care of themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in the spirit of war games, strategy, and understanding the 
So in the battlefield of sales, we, we got to have I look and say, yes, battles are won based on leadership. What you said was get with little Johnny, get him to get from 12 to 15, 20. And now we're going to see a growth in the company. So looking at my managers, right? So as sales managers, a lot of people that are going to be watching on the replay that are like, well, I'm a manager of a team and I've got to get this stuff done. What is it? Do they ask themselves, right? And on myself, how do I ask, what are the things I ask myself to say, am I being a good leader? Right? What is it that I evaluate myself to say, a one out of 10, right? Or am I a nine out of 10? What is it that I look at and say, here's a question that a manager needs to do to say, where am I at in the leadership I think there's two questions you got to ask yourself every day. In the morning, what am I going to do today to make my people better than they were yesterday? That's where it starts. Starts with your mindset and how you approach the day. And at the end of the day, when you turn out the lights, crawl in bed, whatever it is, ask yourself the follow-up question. Based on what I did today, are my people better than they were yesterday? And if you can't say yes, then you weren't a great leader. Right. It's if your people did not get better, if you did not get better, then you didn't lead yourself. You didn't lead your people. Improvement, constant improvement, no matter how big or small it may be. What are we doing to challenge ourselves? What are we doing to 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 get out of our comfort zone? Right. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. And and it's we talked about culture. Right. It's how do I create that culture where my team hates losing more than they love winning, right? That's always a question to ask yourself. Do you love winning or do you hate losing more? And I don't know, if you look at anything, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, any of the greats, they were supposed to win. Winning is what, that's just what they were supposed to do. They hated losing more than they loved winning because winning, as soon as you win, it's over. Now it's time for the game, you know, Tim Grover talks about that in his new book, Winning, right? It's It pours you the glass of champagne, and then winning knocks that champagne right over because it's done. It forgot who you were after it crowned you the winner. Oh, and yeah. that's that's what we got to have. We don't can't do an end zone dance because we had a great month. Okay, well, that month's over. Congratulations. Now we're on to m- next month. Right. And keep pushing. I, I agree. That's the same thing, too. I laugh because – the same thing, right? Give you the to the lock and then laugh because it's a combination, right? And I'm like, so true in any organization that you know hunt and eat on what you you've actually hunted and killed. And so when I look at say, what can I tell a manager today? Right now, I'm going to me. You tell me if you one of the biggest said seagull management. They fly by crap on you, squawk at you, that. Do you see the same thing in training? I see that based on my client, I tell them, we're going to set you up on this and do this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we can't do this. We can't do this. Oh, my gosh, come in now. We need to do it now. And nothing is established. In, and I keep going back, no, constant training is what helps, yeah. right? But how do we, yeah. what is the advice you give to a manager to even get them to buy that well it's you know like our buddy bradley likes to say that the training isn't something you you did it's something you do it's ongoing right training's that culture but you know in, in the book in fearless I, I talk about 
and I kind of joke around with this, but I always say leadership's overrated. And I don't really mean leadership's overrated. I think the word leadership is overused. If people throw leadership this, leadership that, there's there's 50 characteristics of a leader, 10 steps to being a leader. What the hell does lead, what leadership, what does that really mean? And I, I break it down to four areas. It's lead, manage, train, and coach, right? Lead, you lead people, you manage things, you train for knowledge, you coach for developing skills. And when it comes to in the dealership, it's, I guess if I'm going to hold good training, number one, we got to do good at managing things, meaning we need to know the statistics, the the probabilities, the tendencies. How do I know what to train on if I'm not tracking? Anybody who's a sports fan, it's probably, or movie, movie buff, Moneyball, right? It's all Moneyball is. It's statistics, probabilities, and stats, so, and tendencies. So, what are those stats? What are the real numbers? I'm not training on feelings. I'm training on facts. If I train on feelings, we don't necessarily get improvement. If we don't get improvement, then people don't buy in. If nobody buys in, I get pushed back and training sucks and it goes away. So number one, it's got to be developed on a real process with real stats to know what's working, what's not. And then the coaching side of it is what really is missing, I think, more than training. Right? We all got online training platforms. I've got thousand videos on on selling, managing everything on my on on Kent's now. Okay, that's that's knowledge, right? You've, we've all heard knowledge is power. I, I don't buy it. Knowledge is dangerous in sales. Oh yeah, how many times you hear people tell you, Joe? Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, but can you do it? Well, I can do it with customers, just not with you. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. all the time. Well, we know that's bull crap. If they suck with you, they suck worse with a customer. I mean, that's that's like me saying golfing with you and shooting a 98 and say, but when I golf alone, I'm a scratch golfer. No, you're not. It's the truth will set you free. But it's you got to say the words, right? You get knowledge. Once you have knowledge, now I got to develop it into a skill. We've all heard that selling is a transferal of enthusiasm, right? A sale is made when I transfer my enthusiasm to the customer. How am I enthusiastic? Well, knowledge. Once I have knowledge, I practice, develop skills, then I have confidence. When I have confidence, I'm enthusiastic. And when I have enthusiasm, dude, it's contagious. That's when you're a great salesperson. Right. I agree. So perfect. So let's pick up on hit our 30 minutes, which is what I had asked you to come out and give 30 minutes through. So one thing I would like to everyone is um, Tim has the book fearless. We've used it a couple times, right? Does fact what's in sales, what's in leadership, what's in training, what is it that we're looking for as the manager or as a person to be a manager? And I think a lot of times leading yourself is one of the hardest things because people look outside of themselves to say, someone tell me what to go do, right? Even though we may do it. So um, where now I have the, the group going across the bottom. Can they get the copy of Fearless there? Yeah, and it says it says the Kent's Group. It's Kent'sGroup.com. No oh. the. Uh, they they can get it on uh, Kent'sGroup.com or Amazon. Either way, um, we have Fearless and then I have Frictionless, which is uh, closing and negotiating with purpose. So either one of them. Uh, and if you reach out to us on Kent's Group, we also have uh, I have the Golden Rules for negotiating. It's free. Just contact us. We we can get you either a download or or send it to you on the uh, golden rules for negotiating. Cause look, we all negotiate, man. Everything's negotiation. So we got to be good at that. 
Absolutely. So we got we got all the product and closes and stuff. But man, it really just comes down to you, you got to have the drive, the discipline, the desire to kick ass. If you don't, then go work at the DMV or something, man. Because agree, limited, You're wrong industry, right? Get out of sales. Yeah, yeah, it's customer it's, service. They like being. Just you need to hate losing more than you love winning, and you're going to dominate. That's it's not rocket science, man. You just got to be competitive. I always tell managers when you interview somebody, ask them one, ask them a lot of stuff, but one question that will help. There's no end all be all, but ask, tell me the last time you're in a competitive situation and just shut up and listen to people talk about it. It's you'll know if they're not competitive, they're not for sales. It's just that's how it is. I mean, I'm always competitive. My son's 11 and we do anything. I'm going to kick his ass while I can because he's going to be 6'5", 240, kicking my ass pretty soon. So I'm going to take advantage while I still can. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not just to get participation trophies at my house are Tim's. So. Yeah, that's not really going to work here. <laughs> that's fantastic. So thank you, Tim. I appreciate you coming out, taking the time, setting up the studio, coming in and sharing with everybody. I encourage everybody to go out and get fearless. Okay. Why? Because of the two books. I really, really enjoyed that one because the mindset is there. I think yep. a lot you have to understand in your ears, you got to fix. And it, it's easier for me to hear it from somebody else who's walked the same path and look at and I go, okay. I, I love where he comes from. I love what he's doing. And again, quality people are not going to find quality than Tim Ken. Yep. Check me out. Social media, reach out. If you got any questions, Fantastic. let me know. Tim at Kinsgroup.com is my email address or anywhere on social and it's my cell number, but I'm always here. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate you. And as we end with every show, I want you everybody to go out there and go sell something. Thanks, everybody. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated. Want to learn how to close deals. Want to learn how to sell more. That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go.